Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. All right, well, you can go ahead and take your seat this morning. I'm so thankful that you're here. Welcome to church. My name is Pastor Amritha, and I am so happy that you're here this morning. We are completing our summer reading series on Ephesians. Give yourself a round of applause. Ephesians has been so awesome, and I'm so thankful for those of you that have been following along in this message and in this whole series. This book is like one of my favorite books of the Bible, and it has just come alive for me this summer, and I pray that that happened to you as well. And at the beginning of Ephesians, we saw that Paul, he's writing this letter to the church of Ephesus, and I just want to say, I believe that this letter was also for us today. And so we're reading this letter, and he starts out by saying, hey, I want you to know first and foremost that you are called sons and daughters of God, and that he has adopted you into his kingdom, and he loves you. There is nothing that you can do that could keep his love away from you. And then Paul prays this really cool thing. He says, and I'm going to pray forever and ever that you would be deeply rooted and established in the love of God. That you would know how wide and long and deep is his love. And essentially, Paul was saying, I want you to know that God is pursuing you. He's pursuing you. He's watching you. He's after you. He wants you. He wants all of you. And so today, I want to look at uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Before I do that, have you ever felt like someone was pursuing you? Maybe someone was looking out for you or watching you or, you know, just, just paying attention to you. Anybody felt like that before? Well, I remember when Pastor Pradeepan over here uh, began his pursuit of me years ago. He was kind of the creeper stalker-ish type. Imagine that, right? And uh, apparently he had been paying attention to me. We started going to this church, and we didn't know each other. We both just ended up at this church. And I was kind of coming early and leaving late. I was really busy and really not making a lot of friends at church at that time. And, and he knew, he was on the leadership team, he knew that there wasn't a lot of chance to talk to me at church. And so one day, I kid you not, we're in worship service, and I am worshiping the Lord. I mean, I'm just pouring out my own oil, just giving God my best, you know, worshiping. And this guy comes over and touches my arm in the middle of worship. And I'm like, and he's like, hey, hey, Amrita. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I just wanted to ask you if you uh, wanted to hang out with me and my friends after church today. And I'm like, the nerve of this guy to mess with me in my worship. And I thought he was cute though. So I was like, okay. I'll hang out with you and your friends after church. But that was the beginning of his pursuit of me. And now look, nine years later, this is what happens when somebody pursues you. So sure enough, he's pursuing me. And, and I want to tell you that God is pursuing you. And that Paul has been talking about that in this whole book. And then we get to chapter 6, the very end. And he saves this for last. And he says, listen, God's pursuing you. But I also want to tell you about a different pursuit that is happening. 
There is someone, something else that is also in pursuit of you. It's the pursuit of the enemy. There is a real enemy, Paul says, that is after your life and wants your heart. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. And pray and pray and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen. So here we see that Paul has saved this. He's changed his tone, can you tell? And he's like, I need to tell you something really, really important. Because you need to understand that as followers of Jesus, you're going to need to stand firm because the battle that you are in is not what you think that it is. It's not a battle that you can touch and you can feel or you can see. It's not a battle that, uh, that you can um, see with your own eyes. It's not a battle that against your spouse or against your boss or the battle that you're facing at work. This is a different kind of battle. It's a battle that's been going on for the creation of all time. It's a battle of dark powers, of evil spirits. It's a power that takes place not in this realm, but in a different place called the heavenly realms. It's a battle of good and evil that is a reality in your life, and you're going to need to learn how to stand firm. And I believe that some of you today, some, some light bulbs are going to go off for you today because you're going to say, oh, my gosh, I've been facing a battle. I, I never even thought that there could be an enemy that is behind that battle that I am facing. And maybe today you're saying, you know what, Amrita, evil forces aren't real. Evil spirits aren't real. Paul is talking metaphorically here. Amrita, you have been watching too many scary movies. Well, I'll tell you what, first of all, I don't like scary movies, so I don't watch them. And second of all, that is exactly what the devil wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that because he's invisible, he's fictional. He wants you to believe that he's not there. He wants you to forget that he is real and he is prowling around. Look at John 10.10. 10. Jesus is talking. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. First Peter 5.8 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The scripture shows us that there is an enemy on a mission and he is pursuing you. He's coming after you. The thief comes. The devil prowls around you and your life and your mind and your heart. The word devour in the scripture, in the, word, in the Greek, it's actually called katapion. And it means to swallow or to drown. The devil is not playing any games. 
Have you ever felt like you were in a battle that you were fighting, you just couldn't gain any ground in? You feel like you're battling and battling. You feel like you're doing all the right things, but that anxiety just keeps creeping back up. That discouragement, that depression, the insecurities that keep you in one dysfunctional relationship after another. Maybe for some of you, it's just the chaos that God tries to bring to your mind, the chaos in your heart, the chaos in your family. You can always tell when it's the devil, when he's trying to keep you away from Jesus. When he's trying to get you to question his character. When he's trying to get you to step further and further away from the one you can actually put your whole trust in. I believe that in 20, 2020, 2021, the chaos that has ensued that we have experienced, there was evil spirits, there's the devil's hand behind much of what we experienced. Some of you may say, uh, you know, you have a need for control because you operate in fear. You don't know how to operate not in fear. Can I tell you that one of the greatest tactics of the devil is to keep you fearful, is to keep you scared, to keep you operating in this sense of fear? I believe that it is vital. We don't have to be scared of the devil's schemes, but we do have to be aware of it. We do have to pay attention to the spiritual war that we are experiencing so today I want to look at three different parts of the scripture that I believe will help us engage in the spiritual battle. Everybody say spiritual battle. Spiritual. Amen. First, number one, is acknowledge the unseen realm. The invisible world is just as real as the visible world. So Paul is saying, hey, listen, you know that sin that you just can't quite get over, that keeps coming back and tempting you? That is the devil pulling you away, pulling you close. Listen, he is relentless. And there is an unseen realm where all of this is taking place, and you need to be aware of it. It's kind of like bacteria. If you drink a glass of water with invisible bacteria in it and you drink it, it is going to cause you a stomachache and maybe more. It is going to harm your body. Or like carbon monoxide. If there's a carbon monoxide leak in your house, it is going to affect you dangerously. It is invisible. We can't see it. C.S. Lewis says there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. So what does this look like in our lives? What does this really look like? I want to break it down for you. It doesn't always look like something really horrible that happens a couple times in your life. It actually looks like this. Does anybody remember at the fair or at the carnival the game called Whack-A-Mole? Anybody remember Whack-A-Mole? There it is. I have a picture of it right there. So you take this mallet, and there are these holes, right, and, uh, on this table. And what happens is, is this thing, I don't know if it's like a devil or I don't know what it is. It's, a, it's supposed to be a mole that pops up, and you're supposed to hammer it down with your, uh, with, with your mallet. And right as you hammer that one down, another one comes up, and you hammer that one in another. You guys get it? You played this game before? And so it's kind of like Whack-A-Mole, I think, this, this spiritual battle that we're in. Some of you say, you know what, I finally have dealt with my anger issue and something else happened and that anger issue just pops right back up and then you're trying to hit it again. Some of you say, you know what, I am trying to finally move forward in my marriage and something betrayal happens or something, a lie enters into your mind and it pops back up and you're just popping it back down and instead we're taking care of symptoms instead of the problem which is underneath that table and it's the devil and spiritual forces that are popping these things right back up in your life and all you're doing is just trying to hit them over and over and over again. Because you haven't taken authority over them, which I'm going to talk about here in just a minute. So it can be like whack-a-mole. 
And here's the lesson I want us to understand that's underneath that table. There's always something that you cannot see controlling what you can. There is a real devil, and he is in and playing a part in everything that's trying to take you out, that's trying to get you away from Jesus and his will for you. Paul says, for, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen realm. Some of you are convinced that the liberals are evil, that the conservatives are the, the spiritual bad forces behind everything that we're experiencing. Paul says, listen, stop it. We are not fighting flesh and blood enemies. One of the greatest ways the devil we see in our nation and in the body of Christ is that he is dividing us. And the further and further and further he can get us away from each other, the more he can isolate us and the more he can wreak havoc on our lives. So we must pay attention. If we're not careful, we will waste all of our energy offering the wrong solutions in the wrong places. So we must be aware of the spiritual battle. I remember 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, Pastor Pradeep and I, we went on a missions trip to the nation of Jordan. We were not dating at the time, uh, but we kind of liked each other. Anyway, we were over there, and uh, he was my mission team leader, and we were actually um, there doing a camp for junior high and high school kids, and were, these were Muslim junior high and high school kids. And the camp was actually in uh, just this area that was surrounded by four giant cement walls. And I'll never forget, we get there, and we just, we already start sensing, man, things are different here. I mean, this is a different spiritual climate. Ever been somewhere, and you're like, ooh, this feels a little bit different. So we're there, it feels a little bit different. And I remember going to bed at night, and I remember getting these dreams of snakes and serpents and kind of night terrors, which was not like me to ever have that before. And uh, sure enough, we begin to talk to the director of the camp a little bit more about it, and she said, you know what? She said, every time kids come to this camp, they wake up with night terrors. And she goes, we have never not been able to, to figure what that out. And so the next night we go to bed, and I kid you not, the Spirit of God wakes pretty deep and up, and he feels like he, he, the Spirit leads him to the edge of one of the walls of this camp. So he walks to the edge of this camp, he pulls away the brushes, and sure enough, there are these demonic paintings, many of them of human people going up to the waist, and from the waist up, they become serpents and snakes. And we began to realize there is a spiritual battle going on. The enemy is pursuing these kids, and he doesn't like that the love of Jesus is here pursuing them as well. And so we began to go to the camp director, and she, we began to pray. We went over to these walls, and they, we prayed and we worshiped. They painted over all these demonic spirits, and we just said, listen, no more. This land, this place where these kids come, this is a safe haven. This is where the kingdom of God resides. We say, enemy, you have no more influence, no power in this place in the name of Jesus. And sure enough, the camp director said to us, you know what? The kids have not had night terrors. We've had kids that have come that have not had. You can give it up for Jesus for that. The enemy was pursuing those kids. The enemy is pursuing you, but I want you to know that Jesus is pursuing you as well. But we've got to recognize and pay attention to the unseen realm. Amen? Number two, we are on a playground not, we are not on a playground. We are on a battleground. This is spiritual warfare. Now, I know some of you are like, Amritha, I get it. I have come up against these demons before in my life. I was on, uh, I, I was on um, Highway 90, and the traffic demon cut me off. 
I mean, that guy had to have been possessed. You know, some of you, you know, like the door, the, the DoorDash devil that comes. I had a DoorDash devil that came and brought me my panang curry with no rice. What? When did you have to start asking for rice? It's supposed to come with the entree. There are clearly evil spirits working in our midst. Our parents, how about the devil that comes out when it's time to put your kids to bed? Can I get an amen? This is not the spiritual warfare that I'm talking about, although it kind of feels like it. 2 Corinthians 2 says this. It talks about the ways that the devil works. So we need to be aware of the way he works. I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. The devil works in schemes. And I studied this word schemes, again, in Greek. And the Greek word is methodia. Everybody say methodia. And do you see the word that's within that word method? The devil works methodically. He's deliberate in planning. He has a systematic approach. He's clever. He has strategies. He's taking notes on you. He's watching you. The, the Satan is orderly and detailed and careful. Charles Spurgeon says, he will attack you sometimes by force and sometimes by fraud. By might or by slight, he will seek to overcome you and no unarmed man can stand against him. Never go out with all your armor on, for you can never tell where, where you may meet the devil. He is not omnipresent, but nobody can tell where he is not. For he and his troops of devils appear to be found everywhere on this earth. You know, if, if I found out that you hurt me, you just hurt me one time, I would say, okay, you know what? I forgive you. I think I would have the ability to forgive you. But if I found out that you were watching me and you were studying me and you were finding ways to prey on my weakness and manipulate me and twist things, and then you go as far to get to my husband and put lies into his head and try to tear apart our marriage or our family, and then you go as far to get to my children and you try to inflict pain and tragedy on my children, I will tell you I will fight you. I am small, but I am scrappy. I am loud. If it's war the devil wants, it's war that I'll give him. Because I am the gatekeeper of my home. I am the gatekeeper for my marriage and my children. We, as the body of Christ, we are the gatekeepers for our city. And I pray that we would operate in that way. You see, you have to understand that the devil has a file on you. If you walked into the devil's office and you opened the filing cabinet, you wouldn't be surprised to see a file with your name on it. And if you open that file, you would see strategies of the devil. You would see strategies that work and strategies that don't work anymore. He's not interested in the ones that don't work anymore. But he's interested in the ones that do. And he's taking those and he's taking advantage of you. And he's shaping them and twisting them and changing them a little bit just to get at you a bit more and more until he can completely take you out. My file would say, Jiva, Amrita. Subject prone to discouragement especially if she's overly weary. The best attack would be to keep her busy, overcommitted, and tired. At all costs, keep her from extended times of prayer, from worship, and from studying the Word of God. What does your file say? What would your file say? I think for some of you, the enemy just says, all I have to do is keep this person distracted. That's all I have to do. It doesn't take much. I just have to keep them distracted. For some of you, it's this belief and this the lie that you believe that you will never be enough, that you are unworthy of love, that you will always be alone. That's a lie and scheme of the devil. 
For some of you, your file says, you know what, all I have to do, the devil is saying, I just have to keep this person in shame. Oh, if I can just make sure that over and over in their head, they can repeat how unworthy they are because of the mistakes of their past. I just have to keep them in shame. For some of you, the devil has come in the way of tragedy, in sickness, in disease, in taking someone that you love out of your life. And you know what his strategy in that? He's trying to get you to question the character of God, the nature of who he is, that he is still good and he is still real in your life. And here's a big one. Sometimes for some of you, the devil just says, oh, all I have to do is keep them in unforgiveness. I have to make sure that they just repeat and they, under, they just think that they are the victim to the hurt that has been caused to them over and over again. And all I want, the devil is saying, all I want is for them to have resentment fester in their heart. When you have resentment and unforgiveness in your heart, it is playgrounds for the devil. It's a battleground for us. Amen. So I encourage us. We must know the tactics and the schemes and be familiar with what he's doing and how he's attacking our lives. Have you ever noticed that when you make big decisions for God, all hell breaks loose? Anybody ever have that happen? I remember when Pastor Pradeepan and I were planting Kalos Church. Man, we were excited. But we knew that there would be some spiritual attacks. We grew up in the church. We heard messages like this. And so we knew. And, and I am a, a six on the Enneagram. Anybody Enneagram lovers out here? Okay, I saw some sixes. I'm not alone. And I have this voice in my head that like paints the worst case scenario. Okay, so I thought, you know what? The devil's going to attack, but I already, I'm already on it. He's probably going to attack our church. You know, I don't know. I thought maybe nobody would come. Maybe, you know, we would have financial ruin. I don't know. I was just thinking about all these worst case things. But I tell you what, oh man, we begin to pursue God, be obedient to him in planting this church. And the devil comes out from behind and he sucker punches us. Five months before we plant Kalos Church, we got a phone call one night that my dad had a heart attack and passed away. About a month later, I found out that two of our in-laws, two of my in-laws, uh, divorced their spouses. And it was only about a month later that we found out that our son was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And we were in so much pain. We were in a war. The devil did not like what we were doing for the kingdom of heaven. He didn't like our commitment to Jesus. And so he came at us where it was personal. And you know what we did? We did what the scripture says. We resisted the devil. Number three, be strong in the Lord. Resist the enemy and stand firm. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. So Paul prays, he prays that we would put on six different pieces of armor. I actually believe it's seven because he tells us to pray, pray consistently, pray all the time. Listen, if you have struggles in your marriage and you feel like the devil is trying to come in between you, you need to be a man or woman of prayer. That is one of the best ways that you are going to come against the tactics of the devil. Prayer unlocks the heavenly realms. Remember, this is a battle in the heavenlies. Prayer doesn't manipulate God. It accesses what God has already given us. So you need to pray. You need to be a person of prayer. But when we enter into this battle, I want you to understand that there are two common mistakes that happen when we enter into uh, the battleground. You know the people that blame everything on the devil. Everything is the devil's fault. The, the devil did not tell you to eat that chocolate cake when you are fasting sweets. 
The devil did not tell you to be mean on Facebook. The devil did not tell you to watch pornography. These are things that are not the devil's fault. In fact, some of you, all he's saying is, I don't even really have to touch that person. They have their own destructive patterns going on. And you have got to own your own destructive patterns. But you've got to understand that there is an enemy who is sliding in there and is behind some of that. There are evil forces coming against your pursuit of God. And then there is the extreme other side where we underestimate the devil. We can't see him, so we don't believe him. We touched on this already. But we need to practice discernment. Listen, if you are dealing with, with, with depression, if you are dealing with issues in your marriage, you need to go find a therapist. You need to go find a Christian counselor who can speak into that. You need to be wise and understanding, but you also need to understand that there is a spiritual battle circling around your marriage, circling around your mind, circling around the things of God that he has for you. We need to exercise. The scriptures talk a lot about the authority that God has given us. Everybody say authority. Authority. Matthew 10.1 says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Luke 10.19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Listen, church, we are not on the defense. We are on the offense. God has given us authority. Now, I was trying to think of a way that I could help you understand the kind of authority God has given us. And here's an example. How many of you have ever tried to sneak something into your carry-on before you go fly that you know you're not supposed to? So you wrapped it up in a bunch of t-shirts and you just hoped they wouldn't find it. Well, I did this because one time, usually I put my makeup bag in my checked bag, but I decided to put my makeup bag in my carry-on. So I put it in my carry-on, and I'm just trying to hide it deep in there, you know. And sure enough, I get to security, and this guy finds my makeup bag. And I, you know, in there, I, I tried to sneak, you know, the, you know, a little bit more extra ounces of, like, primer or something. I don't know. And so I, 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 he finds my makeup bag. He finds my makeup bag. He opens it and he takes out, not my primer, he takes out my eyelash curler. Yeah, some of you girls are like, no. Dear God, not. I, that's how I felt. I was like, listen, listen, dude, listen, you got to understand, eyelash curlers are not going to hurt anybody. There's nothing sharp. Don't worry. Can you just please not take it? Please, I just bought this eyelash. The eyelashes, like, there's like a whole, like, regiment that I do with my eyelashes. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, I know. And so I'm like, please don't take it. I just wanted to, he's like, ma'am, I'm sorry, I got to take this. I just wanted to grab the eyelash curler and run. But this guy at security, he had a badge on his shirt that said TSA, Transportation Security Administration. That badge gave him the authority to take whatever he wanted. That badge gave him the authority that if I tried to run, he would, I don't know, tackle me and take me to jail. I don't know. But he had the authority. He was given power. He was given the authority in that moment to take whatever he wanted. God has given us authority to conquer the devil's schemes. We walk in authority. And listen, you don't just manufacture this authority. We don't just get excited and just say, now I have authority. No. You know what we're doing when we walk in authority? We are invoking what Jesus has already done on the cross. He has already died on the cross. The resurrection of Jesus' power, the power of the resurrection that lives inside of us, that is the authority that we can walk in as sons and daughters of the Most High. So Jesus, instead of a badge, 
He gives us a belt, the belt of truth. He gives us the breastplate of righteousness. He gives us a, a shield of faith to come against the flaming arrows of the enemy. Sometimes we feel so attacked by the enemy that our, our arm is getting tired. But you need to come back up. You need to put that, that, that faith back up, that shield, hide behind the, the shield of faith that God has given you. You know, the, the belt of truth, I was thinking about this a little bit more. It's the one that Paul talks about the first, but it's the least noticeable out of all the things, the shield, the breastplate, the shoes, the helmet. But you know, the belt is the one that keeps everything else in place. And he says, listen, you're not going to be able to walk into a spiritual battle without knowing the truth. You need to fight with the truth of God's words. And we live in a moment of time where we don't know what truth is anymore. Even the people of God are confused by what the truth is. We're struggling to know the difference between our truth and an ideology. Here's a, here's a question you need to ask yourself. Has my ideology taken the place of my biblical theology? You won't be able to fight the schemes of the devil without knowing the truth of God's words. 2 Corinthians says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So what do we do practically? Here's what we do. Here's how we fight. We pray and we fast. Our church, the Kalos Church, we pray and fast two times a year. And we do this because we believe that there is a spiritual battle going on in our city. And so we pray and we cover our city. We cover our families. The other thing that you need to do is you need to get a friend. You need to get some people in your life that will pray for you. And Pastor Pradeepan and I were going through the onslaught of attacks before we planted Kalos Church. We got a team of people together. They're called Intercessory Prayer Warriors. It's just a really fancy word for people who are going to pray for us. And they weren't going to stop. And as soon as they began praying, we let them know, this is what's going on. We text them. We say, this is what's going on. Will you pray? They pray. And things begin to shift in our lives. And we began to just grow deeper in our rooted commitment to Jesus. It didn't shake us. It tried to. But we just went deeper in our, our understanding of our love for Jesus Christ. The other thing that you need to do is you need to, you need to plant yourself in the church. You need people in your life. When I talk about the truth of God's word, you need people in your life that are going to say, you know what? That's actually not truth. So I encourage you to plant yourself, root yourself. You need to come to the house of God. You need to worship. When things are going down in your world, you need to come. You need to raise your hands. You need to worship God. You need to put him back on the throne and not the things that the devil is trying to do in your life. So I want to close this morning by just pastoring you for a second. I want to tell you that this is not a formula. In my life, I've grown up knowing some of these things. And so I thought that A plus B equals C. If, if, if something is happening, the devil's trying to take me out or my family or something, I just need to pray. I need to stand in that authority and the outcome will be what I want. But that's not always true. And it's in this moment that I've seen a lot of people walk away from Jesus and walk away from their Christianity. Because what we thought was going to work didn't work. Can I tell you that God is bigger than a formula? Can I tell you that there's still a mystery to who he is? And there were times in my life where I have stepped into the authority. I have done what God has asked. I've been a woman of prayer. And the outcome still was painful and difficult and hard to accept. But you know what happened every time? I felt like Jesus just kept saying, hey, you know what? This is an invitation for you to just come, come closer, come deeper. I'm with you. And so I, I want you to know 
that sometimes winning the spiritual battle, Pastor Pradeepan said this, winning the spiritual battle looks like dying on the cross. It can be painful, but it doesn't mean you've done something wrong, and it definitely doesn't mean that God is not with you. You see, God has a file on you. It's a bigger, badder file. Better than that flimsy thing over there. He has a file on you, and it has your name on it. And when he opens it, he says, you know what? I'm going to pour out my spirit on this person. I'm going to give this person favor. Oh, I'm going to make sure this person knows that I will never leave them or forsake them. I'm going to make sure that this family knows that I am for them, that they are the head and not the tail. And I'm going to make sure this family knows that God loves them. Oh, I'm going to go after this prodigal. I'm not going to let them out of my sight. God has a file with your name on it. And he loves you. We don't have to be afraid of the devil's schemes, but we do need to be aware. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Father, I thank you. Lord, in this moment, we commit to being aware of the spiritual realm and the ways in which the devil is scheming and plotting. And Lord, we know that we are on the victorious side. And so, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus for those that are sitting here right now that are in a spiritual battle that is trying to discourage them, bring them despair, come against them. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would enter and you would move mountains, that your truth would break through those lies right now. And so, Lord, we commit to you and we love you. And we know, God, that the enemy has nothing on you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.